Good morning, and peace be with you. We have a, a very exciting day for us in that we are baptizing a new member, and uh, as Lutherans, there is not much more exciting than the baptism of a new member into the, into the church and one who is receiving the Holy Spirit into the family of God. And this morning, Raphael is going to be joining. He's going to be our little brother in Christ. Amen? Amen. This is exciting stuff. Some other exciting things that are happening are found in your bulletin in uh, the uh, area of the announcements in your pastor can. Oh, here it is. In here, I'll let you guys read this, but I'd like to draw your attention down to the well, let's see, where does it say about Pastor Russ? You guys see that? Huh? The third one. So Pastor Russ is, uh, our beloved Pastor Russ is getting his doctorate from Duke University. That's a lot of work and that's excitement and, and celebration. So I uh, wanted to draw your attention to that. The rest of the things on here, um, I believe you can read for yourself. And because your pastor walked in here five minutes late, we need to get the show on the road. But one last thing I would ask also um, that today, after Raphael is um, baptized, we make a promise that we will continue to pray for him and be there for him and point him towards Jesus. And that's not a promise that we should or do take lightly. But I want you to consciously think about this family throughout this year and throughout this day and lift that little boy up in prayer for his mom and dad for all wisdom and all knowledge to bring him along in a way that they should and a way that they have been created to do in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, let us get started. And let us, our opening song is uh, Earth in All Stars on page 558. Let us sing as unto the Lord.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you and the Father, our Lord, and the Lord, and the Lord, and the Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above, and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Alleluia. 
Almighty God, grant that we who have celebrated celebrated the Lord's resurrection may by your grace confess in our life and conversation that Jesus is Lord and God through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is from Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 32. And this can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1698. Acts 5, beginning with verse 12. The apostle performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. 
Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officials did not find them there. So they went back and reported, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priest were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Now we will read Psalm 148, verses 1 through 14, responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers of the earth. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. 
The epistle is from Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 18, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1913. Revelation 1, beginning with verse 4. John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. John's vision of Christ, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, per Pergamum, Tyra, Tyra, Sardis, Phil Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white, like wool, as white as snow and his eyes were blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
This morning's gospel reading is the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Indeed, our gospel reading is from St. John. It is found in chapter 20, verses 19 to 31, and can be found on page 1686 in your pew Bible. John records, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among, among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord, my God, Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed, and blessed are those who have not seen and yet still have believed. Now, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? 
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Have any of you ever felt during times of stress, Fear, persecution, grief, in a time of total despair or total embarrassment, have you ever felt like you could say, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest? Have you ever felt that? I saw some heads shaking, and, and, and I'm expecting to see some noses go like that, but I won't point you out, but I think everybody's felt that way a little bit. You've been in a situation, you go, oh, get me out of here. When we were kids, we would say something to the effect, oh, just end me now. On commercials, you would see, take me away, Calgon right? It's always the moms. I had a mother like that. Poor thing. Moms are unsung heroes. Take me away. How do I get out of this chicken outfit? I heard that a couple of times too. It's not uncommon. In fact, yesterday in our men's group, we had an opportunity to um, pick apart one of uh, uh, the Psalms of David, and in particular um, Psalm 55. And David was lamenting this in in verse 6. He says, uh, well, he wanted out of the situation that he was in. And he wrote, my heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and horror overwhelms me. And that's when he said, oh, in verse 6, that I had wings like a dove. You betcha, baby. You betcha. La, la, la. Love it. Music under our ears. But he said, if I had wings like a dove, I would fly out of here. I'm out of here. I wish I could be out of here. Why? Well, I won't spoil it for you, but the answer's in uh, 2 Samuel uh, chapter 20. It has something to do with uh, uh, an enemy that was a friend. Name was Antithophel, and Antithophel was one that, that David described as one that walked with me in the house of God. He was my friend, and Antithophel was a wise old man. And when he spoke, people listened to him. His words carried weight, almost as if he was speaking for God. David describes his words as being smooth oil, smooth as butter. And Antithophel was counseling David's son, Absalom. And Absalom was leading a revolt and wanted to kill his father. David was having a bad day, amen, when he said that. Maybe we haven't had a day 
quite as bad as that, but we all have had days when maybe we wished we could be gone. In fact, as we read in the gospel, the disciples of Jesus were in that room, and they were having a pretty bad day. They were in despair. They didn't know what was going to happen to them. Their leader, the man they had known, Jesus, had died and was buried. And the tomb was empty now. And the girls had said, we saw Jesus. And the Jews were looking for them. So they thought, they felt that perhaps they didn't have long to live. And they were up in that room with the door locked. Probably thinking, oh, if I had wings like a dove. We read further that all of a sudden, as gentle as a dove, Christ comes in and Christ says, peace be with you. Wow. A blessing. Gentle. Peace be with you. And they were glad. They were relieved. Things were starting to look up. And here's the interesting thing. At that point in time, Jesus shows them his glory. How? How did he show him, show all of these guys his glory? Well, let me contrast with another time when God showed his glory to Moses. Do you remember Moses having a meeting with God? And he says, I want to see you. God, and I'm paraphrasing because I do that often, but God says to him, Moses, you can't see me because if you do, if you look at me, you're going to die. And Moses says, I still want to see you. And God says, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to walk by you. I'm going to take my hand and I'm going to push you into the cleft of the rock and I'm going to walk by. And all you're going to get to see is my backside, the glory, as I walk by. This time God shows his glory in a completely strange, upside-down way, in human terms. After he had what we would call a bad day, he appears to his disciples, to show them his glory. How did he do that? You asked that already, Pastor. Tell me. He showed them his hands with the holes, his glory. He showed them his feet with the holes where the nails had pierced, his glory. He showed them his side where the spear had pierced him, his glory. He showed him his glory. It brings to our mind that we are healed 
by his stripes. We are healed by his wounds, his glory for you and for me and for Raphael, his glory. And then he says something else to them that's pretty amazing. He says, he, well, he's given them a job. He says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, even so I am sending you. And then, and then he breathed on them. Has anyone ever read that or heard that? Maybe even this morning, go, that's kind of weird. What do you mean he breathed on them, right? You know? I have a 12-year-old, and he's not here, and I can say this. <laughs> Some about 12, I don't know. <laughs> Matthew, you're going to find this out. <laughs> Some happens around 12 years old, all of a sudden deodorant is not an option. It's more mandatory than anything else. And, and you're 12, and so, you know, at, at times, like right now, you and, and Mama, you guys are brushing his teeth, and you're washing his little fingers, his little toes, you know. But around 12, you ought to figure that stuff out. At least I kind of do. And so breathing you know, brushing teeth, is, it's, it's, it's not an option. It's, it's really kind of mandatory. And so when my son comes in, he, he breathes. He goes, Dad! Dad! Okay, that's really mean. I can't believe I did it, but I did. I am a sinner, and who will save me from this wretched body of flesh? Thanks be to God. But that's not the breathing that Jesus did on his disciples that day. The breathing that he did is the same Hebrew word that is found in Genesis 2 when Jesus breathed life into Adam. He infused him with breath. And that's the breathing that Jesus did upon these disciples. He breathed into them and he infused them with new life with the Holy Spirit. And Raphael's going to get new life today through the water, the Word, his little bitty faith, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit, and he will receive the Holy Spirit in him today. He is about to be breathed into by God today, just like the disciples and just like you all who have been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He breathed into them. He breathed into them forgiveness and he told them and he gave them marching orders to go and he said receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive the sins of any there are forgive, they are forgiven and if you withhold forgiveness from any it is withheld. He gave power to them. And then the next part of the story, we hear about Thomas. What's his, the moniker that he is? I'm tapping this here. Doubting Thomas. Is there anyone else in the Bible that has a moniker like that? Not one. There's some that should pastor was talking about this very subject. He says, how about Killer Cain? How about Peter the Earlopper? Or 
Aaron, I'm excuse me, Aaron, but I love how that, that comedy goes. But Aaron, the teller of whoppers, right? Where'd this come from? Ah, we just threw all the gold in the fire and boom, out came a calf. I see somebody recognize that. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. Did you, did you hear that? Nobody else has that, and, and it's doubting Thomas. It's almost, as another pastor described, it's like this huge zit right in his forehead. You can't not notice it. You can't hear his name without going, doubting Thomas. It's not fair, because there is a part where upon Thomas and the disciples are trying, well, they're listening to Jesus, and Jesus has just heard that Lazarus has passed away, right? You know that story? And he's going to go to raise him. And his disciples are going, Lord, Rabboni, you know, not a good idea. They want to kill you over there. We don't want to go. We're not welcome. They're going to stone you to death, and maybe even us, we're not going. Oh, if I were a dove, I'd fly out of here and say, I'll catch you when you come back, Jesus. Some of you may remember, others maybe not, but Thomas said something. He says, it's good that we go and die with him. Somebody believed, even when the others didn't. And thank God for Thomas, because he did ask to see the hands. Thank God for Thomas when Jesus is about to depart and he says, you can't go where I'm going, but you know where I'm going. He goes, yeah. I don't know where you're going. How could we know? And Jesus tells him, Thomas, not so much as a doubter in this instance as he is a real godsend and a model to you and to me. He believed. These guys were having a bad day. Further in our reading in the Acts of the Apostles, we hear about Peter. And Peter and the boys had gone out in the Sanhedrin and told them to stop preaching the gospel. Stop talking about Jesus being the Messiah. Stop telling people that, that we killed him, hanging his death on us. Stop it. And they jailed him. And an in a, in a angel of the Lord let him out. And what did they do? They went out and preached again. They were having a pretty bad day. They get let out. They go out and they preach the gospel. They get brought before the Sanhedrin again. And the Sanhedrin want to kill him. And at the last minute, a voice of reason says, you can't. There are others that have claimed to be somebody and we put them to death and what happened was that they died and then their people scattered. And we should do that with these men. And if they scatter, no big deal. But if they are from God, then there will be no stopping them and we're not fighting against them, we're fighting against God. And then they beat them. And then they set them free. And because they knew the Lord, and because they said, we have witnessed these things, we cannot do what men say. We are witnesses to the things of Christ. 
They went out rejoicing and they went out singing the gospel. They had had a bad day that day. They called it good. Boy, that's upside down. They had seen his glory, his glory in the wounds in his hand. They had seen that his power was absolute. They had seen that he did what he promised, and that was that temple was rebuilt after three days. It's true. And so when we have bad days ourselves, when we have things like churches in Sri Lanka and we have saints being murdered, when we have a Shabbat in San Diego or any other kind of a tragedy where people are being persecuted, where we might want to leave, where we have to have wings like a dove, we are also witness to these things. And what are those things? We are witness to the power of God's word. We are witness to the goodness of God. We are witness to God's faithfulness. Even during those times when we ourselves wanted out, but there was no place to go. Because isn't that true? Of the times where you really want to get out and there's no place to go. There really isn't. You don't have wings and you can't fly away. And so what do you have left to depend on? You have Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of sins. You know that no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. You know that no matter how awful or how distressed you are, how uh, horrible your circumstances are, the pain that you have or someone that you love has, you know that in the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the Alpha and the Omega we heard today is going to make all things new again. He promised it. And which promises does he keep? Every one. Amen? Every promise he keeps. And so how do we know that he's going to keep that promise to us? And how do we know that we have it? Well, today, you guys get a front row seat of another promise being made. And that promise, hi, Astrid. That promise is in baptism. And as Paul said, we have died a death like his, and surely we will realize, enjoy a resurrection like his. And today, Raphael is baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, his parents his grandparents, and you know that it's going to be okay because there are going to be really bad days that will come up in his life. And there's going to be really bad days, Matt, that you're not going to be able to protect him. But you'll be able to point him to the cross where that work was done. And you can tell him he doesn't have to add anything to it, son. And you can point him to his baptism and say, you are covered, buddy. You are clothed in Christ and you are marked by the cross and you are God's child. So yeah, there's going to be some tough times that come. There are going to be people that will betray you. There are going to be things just like happened to David, just like happened to Jesus. He was betrayed. But it's going to be okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a changing, clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all to possess, all I have to possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. At this time, I would like to call up the parents of Raphael Grandma and Grandpa, and the sponsors, Brian and Kendra, to come up and bring baby with you. And this is participatory, as we are all family here. And so in your bulletin, there is an uh, order of baptism, and there are parts in there where the congregation gets to respond, and there are parts where... The sponsors get to respond as well. So, right here is perfect. Right here is perfect. There's no wrong way to do this. No way. 
Nope. You guys come on over this way too. You can kind of fill in here. And so are you Brian and Kendra? Hi, Pastor Ken. Nice to see you. How are you? Good to see you. Okay. How are we doing, Grandpa? Okay. Bend your knees and wiggle your toes. <laughs> Breathe, Grandma. Okay. All right. In holy baptism, our gracious Heavenly Father liberates us from sin and death by joining us to be, or joining us to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are born children of a fallen humanity. In the waters of baptism, we are reborn children of God and inheritors of eternal life. And by water and the word, we are made members of the Christian church, which is the body of Christ. And as we live in him and he in us, we grow in faith, love, and obedience to the will of God. Now the sponsors, Brian and Kendra, you respond with the following. In Christian love, you have presented Raphael for holy baptism, and you should, therefore, faithfully bring him to the services of God's house and teach him the Lord's Prayer, the creeds, and the Ten Commandments. And as he grows in years, you should place in his hands the Holy Scriptures and provide for him instruction in the Christian faith that living in his baptism... And in the communion with the church, he may lead a godly life until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, do you promise to fulfill these obligations? I do, and so do I. The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Holy God, almighty Lord and gracious Father, we give you thanks for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters and you created heaven and earth and by the gift of water you nourish and sustain us and all living things and by the waters of the flood you condemn the wicked and save those whom you had chosen, Noah and his family. I know, buddy. You led Israel by the pillar of cloud and fire through the sea, out of slavery into the freedom of the promised land. And in the waters of the Jordan, your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Spirit. And by the baptism of his own death and the resurrection, your beloved son has set us free from the bondage to sin and death and has opened the way to the joy and freedom of everlasting life. And he made water a sign of the kingdom and of cleansing and rebirth. And in obedience to his command, we make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit so that Raphael who is here to be baptized may be given new life and wash away the sin of Raphael, cleansed by this water, and bring him forth 
as inheritors of your glorious kingdom. To you be given praise and honor and worship through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. All right? All right, parents, you're doing great. I know, buddy. I know. And that was a long sermon, too. Oh. I ask you both to profess your faith in Jesus Christ, to reject sin and confess the faith of the church, the faith in which we baptize. Do you renounce all the forces of evil, the devil, and all his empty promises? If so, say, I do. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his, the Son of God? God, the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here comes the good part, buddy. Yeah, it's been a long time, but you know what? I, yes, I know. I know. But I used to, I've had a couple of you. Yes, I have, and I kind of know how they work, but this one's a little different because you're not mine, and I'm not yours, but we're going to be brothers. Okay. On his Epgar when he was born, I'll bet he pegged the meter, didn't he? he that's awesome. Raphael, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, buddy. Hang on. We're almost there. We're on our last ditch. Now, God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for freeing your sons and daughters from the power of sin and for raising them up to a new life through this holy sacrament. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon Raphael, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge and understanding, the spirit of counsel, yeah, that's a beard, yeah, and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, amen. All right, Papa, I'm going to give you back to him, there you go. All right, yeah. Okay, we're almost there. Would you go light this on the paschal candle and bring it back to me? Raphael, child of God, 
you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked by the cross of Jesus forever. Amen. And Raphael, at some point in time in your life, you are going to really enjoy fire. All kinds of things can come from it, barbecue and all that. And you're going to be given a candle today that you let your, sh your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I told you you'd like it. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'll let you keep that lit. Thank you. Oh God, giver of all life, look with, look with kindness upon the father and mother of this child. Let them ever rejoice in the gift you have given them. Make them teachers and examples of righteousness for their child. Strengthen them in their own baptism so that they may share eternally with their child the salvation that you have given them through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Through baptism, God has made Raphael a member of the priesthood that we all share in Jesus Christ. That we may proclaim the praise of God and bear his creative and redeeming word to all of the world. And all together, we welcome you into the Lord's family. We receive you as a fellow member of the body of Christ, children of the same heavenly Father, and workers with us in the kingdom of God. Boy, I'm not going to mess with that, but I'm going to tickle your little toes. And I'm going to say, everybody, welcome the newest child, brother, in the kingdom. And on earth here, Mr. Raphael. Amen. Well, you done good. You done good. And you did too, buddy. Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated. You may blow that out. And I do have something I'm going to give. This is a certificate of his baptism. Can I let you guys hold on to that for them until they get home? And that is the case for the candle. And this is kind of a birthday for you. So every year, now you're smiling, every year, maybe your mama and your daddy, you can light a candle and you can remember this day and exactly how it works in your little life. Amen? Amen. We'll see you soon, but not too soon, probably because you don't want to come back again. All right. Let us pray through words and personal thoughts to our Heavenly Father, God Almighty, through the saving grace of Jesus, His only Son, and as translated into perfection through the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, our Eternal Father, because of your Son Jesus, we are bold, humbled, and awed to be standing before you this morning, the Creator of the universe to praise your holy name and to give you our thanks for the countless blessings you have bestowed upon us daily and throughout our lives. 
We're sorry that we often focus on the troubles we face that our sinful nature has caused, rather than the eternity of joy and peace that you have provided us through the sacrifice of your perfect and only Son. When we pause in humility and reflection, we know that we should be ashamed of ourselves because we are boastful, proud, and indignant, and it's very hard for us to believe that you can still love us when we can't love each other. Holy Spirit, we praise and thank you for giving us our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior and for standing watch over us to keep us in the one true faith until the day we are called home to be with our Lord, whenever that day comes. You know there are many surrounding us who would cause us to doubt our faith. They ridicule us because of our faith or even kill us because of our faith. Personal tragedy, hate, crime, and lies surround us. It can be more than we can bear. Holy Spirit, please provide constant reminders that our lives on earth are very temporary, but our life with Jesus is eternal and one that can't be taken away. We need this constant reassurance when faced with all of the hurt that we see in every direction we look. We pray for your church on earth, our Christian leaders, our missionaries, and our congregation. We pray that our actions always glorify your name. We pray for the safety and well-being of our children, and especially our adolescent children who sometimes see life as hopeless. You know that as adults, we haven't provided a good example for younger people to follow. We do and say things that are horrible about each other, demonstrate great disrespect for anything other than ourselves, including you, Holy Father, and then wonder why young people commit terrible crimes against each other or themselves. Please, Holy Spirit, provide us the words of wisdom to pass along to our children that will give hope and save lives, and help us as adults to repent, to change our own direction, to demonstrate and see all that is good within your creation. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together safely today to worship and praise you and for sustaining us throughout this past week. Sometimes, Lord God Almighty, we fail to see your presence when you pass by in a gentle breeze as you perform your miracles among us. Thank you for our church family and all who came to witness two great miracles this morning. Today, Father, is a gentle breeze. Your Holy Spirit has entered Raphael Keene in our presence, that his name will be written in your book of life through Jesus' saving grace forever. This miracle, as well as Jesus entering the bread and wine of our Holy Communion, gives us everlasting hope, even in the face of the loud noises of great evil and destruction that seems to envelop our world. We pray for government leaders worldwide, for compassionate attitudes, a sense of servitude, and a willingness to live peacefully with others. We pray for wisdom and answers as we struggle with how we should address homelessness, mass uncontrolled migration, and environmental changes. We pray for our president, members of Congress, and justices of the Supreme Court. We pray that you impart to them the selfless wisdom of Solomon, that they would know your will for your people and our country and would put aside their greed for power and lead us down your path. For it is in you, God Almighty, whom we trust. 
We continue to pray for our nation's military as well as others in service to our country. We also pray for our enemies. Please open the minds and soften the hearts of those who distrust or dislike our national will and character. And may our national will be your will, Lord. We pray for those who travel. Please watch over them and bring them safely to their destination. Thank you most especially, Father, for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace.
at this time, um, I would like to call Leah and Sarah up to play um, uh, Jesus Loves Me. We kind of had a little uh, hiccup there, and most of it is my fault because I talk too much. Um, but we have a beautiful musical offering from them. And then um, perhaps the other schedule we could do after uh, communion and, and close out with that with the cello, okay? Will you please stand? Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. We offer our hearts and our hearts to you. And may our lives together be a gentle father of the The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should praise your name in all places, in all times. We praise your name, Father, and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy. 
the night in which our Lord Jesus Christ took the, was deceived, was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in much the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death and his resurrection and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we give us not. Here at Reformation Lutheran Church, we offer communion to all who believe and all who confess and all who have been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I heard you confess Jesus Christ with your lips as Lord and Savior. If that is truly your confession, then come. The table is ready for you. You may be seated and the ushers will bring you forward.
Will you please stand? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As we go out, we will be singing on Eagle's, Eagle's Wings. Thank you, Allison.